exactly how bad do you have to be to have one of the Lord's chosen prophets call you, quote, a child of hell, unquote. This particular man was not just crooked. He was a servant to the devil. The question is, is it possible for someone so full of evil to ever really completely change? This is Between the Lines of the Book of Mormon, and we're your hosts. I'm Jay Harris. And I'm Andrew Harris. And we invite you to join with us today. In about the year 82 B.C., Alma the Younger and his companion Amulek preached the gospel to a wayward people in a city called Ammonihah. As they were preaching, they were confronted by a crooked lawyer by the name of Zeezrom. Andrew, what kind of a man was this Zeezrom? Well, he was a bad man who was <laughs> going around doing bad things for bad reasons. <laughs> I think that's right. In Alma 11.21, it says, Zeezrom was a man who was expert in the devices of the devil that he might destroy that which was good. All right, yeah. Why was he going around even trying to stop Alma and Amulek from teaching what they were teaching? I mean, what was the point of it? Was there some way he was going to profit from that? You know, I think it must have been more publicity than anything else, other than he thought that Alma and Amulek might get arrested, and if they were arrested, then perhaps he could earn some money from the court. In uh, Alma chapter 11, verse 20, it says, It was his sole purpose to get gain and to stir up the people to rioting and all manner of disturbances and wickedness. He was so evil, in fact, that Amulek called him a child of hell. (laughs) Not exactly the kind of man you'd want to date your sister. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, and it's it's kind of interesting. Right in the middle of this chapter, right before it gets into Amulek and Zeezrom's debate, Mormon goes into all this detail about the Nephite monetary system, which seems kind of funny and out of place a little bit, but I think it's important because the whole point is basically to explain what an auntie is. It is basically 42 days wage for, for one of their judges. Wow. And, yeah. And, That's and a lot of money. Not, it's six aunties, so, so six times 42, so it was a lot of a Almost big... Almost a year's worth yeah. of wage. Yeah, he offered Amulek all this money because he was like... Maybe I can trick him into lying or saying he didn't believe it just so that he would do it for money because he thought he was greedy like he was. As the Israel argued with the two missionaries, he did listen to what they were saying, not necessarily because he wanted to learn about the gospel, but he was a lawyer after all. He was planning his rebuttal. Nevertheless, Mormon noted that after listening to Alma and Amulek for a period of time, Zeezrom eventually began to visibly tremble. He was convinced that the missionaries knew the thoughts and intents of his heart. Now, for the first time in his life, he began to feel guilt. He began to analyze his life, and he realized the person that they were describing as this evil man or evil person is me, he thought. That's my life that they're talking about. He realized that, in fact... He gradually had become a servant to the devil. And, you know, I really respect that Zeezrom was able to listen to them, hear what they were saying, and then actually say, they're right. Because that's that's really a difficult thing, at least for me, and I think for most people, 
when you listen to someone, sometimes they'll start arguing with you and, or not arguing, but maybe point out how you're wrong. And I think the natural instinct is to say, no, you're wrong and just kind of dig your heels in. But he actually heard what they were saying and realized they're right. I actually am. I've turned into someone evil and I need to change. And yeah, he began to shake and he began to realize, oh, I'm in this awful state now. And you know the principle that finally touched his heart? is when Alma began to teach about Jesus Christ, about the fact that God himself would come down to earth and would take upon himself the sins of the entire world and the sins of the wicked, and they could be cleansed of their sins if they would listen to and follow Jesus Christ. I think at that point, Zeezrom was embarrassed about his motives and his behavior. Now, Andrew, the question is this. Reading between the lines, how absolutely depraved, how absolutely rotten can a man or woman be and still have hope of redemption through the atonement of Jesus Christ? Yeah, and I'm not exactly sure what the answer to that question would be, but I do know that you can be pretty bad and still be redeemed. I know that Alma the Younger and Paul and there are a lot of other examples in the scriptures of people who did really bad things but we're still able to turn around and change and repent and become converted and become new people. We know that as a person accepts Jesus Christ and accepts the atonement in his life, that the Holy Ghost can totally change a person, change his most basic character. And that's the message of the Book of Mormon. The book teaches over and over again, example after example, You can be fallen, you can be a disgrace, and still have hope through the atonement of Christ to change your life and become a candidate for exaltation. Now, did the people of Ammonihah also feel remorse? (laughs) Well, some of them probably did. But how about the majority? Yeah, I I think the majority did not. The majority said, Alma and Amulek are, are bad, we don't like them, and They're trying to change our beliefs, and I don't know what all of their complaints were, but they didn't approve of them, and so they basically took him and just threw him into prison. Instead of feeling remorse, they were filled with rage, and in a fury they rushed at Alma and Amulek. They tied them up. They then carried the two missionaries before a corrupt judge who then sentenced these two wonderful men to prison sentences. At that time, Zeezrom made a weak attempt at trying to defend the missionaries. He said, quote, Behold, I am guilty, and these men are spotless before God. That's in Alma 14.7. But finally, fearing for his own life, Zeezrom fled from the city. In the meantime, Alma and Amulek were beaten. They were thrown into prison. Also, any of the people who had listened to their message and who had been converted were also taken, and if they professed discipleship, they were thrown into a fire and burned to death. This included the fiery deaths of men and of women and even of small children. And it's awful. It's a terrible situation, but it wasn't completely unforeseen. I think this death by fire of the men, women, and children because of their belief in Jesus Christ was actually a direct fulfillment of Abinadi's prophecy that he proclaimed when he was about to die. He said, Behold, even as ye have done unto me, 
so shall it come to pass that thy seed shall cause that many shall suffer the pains that I do suffer, even the pains of death by fire, and this because they believe in the salvation of the Lord their God. Isn't that interesting? So he said, speaking to King Noah and his priests, that in the future their descendants would cause others to be burned by fire, just like Abinadi, because of their beliefs in the salvation of God. What a prophecy, and what a curse. Yeah. And I don't think it happened because of Abinadi, you know, making that prophecy, but it shows that God gave Abinadi that knowledge that they would go ahead and they were going to do that. Yeah. For months, Alma and Amulek lay in a deplorable prison cell. They were routinely bound and beaten and mocked and threatened with immediate death. Those had to be terrible conditions, And yet Alma said to Amulek, Be patient, God will deliver us in his own time. Amulek responded, I can't stand this. Call God and angels to come down and stop these children from being burned. Alma replied, No, if these deplorable people choose to destroy life, God will not interfere with their agency. But be assured of this, they will have to account for those sins in the eternities. Yeah. You know, we don't know how long Alma and Amulek suffered in that prison cell. Eventually, God had had enough, and he caused a great earthquake to occur. And the prison where Alma and Amulek resided crumbled and fell in pieces to the ground. In this earthquake and the crumbling of the stone walls, the wicked judge and the bloodthirsty guards were all killed. Alma and Amulek walked away without a scratch. And as they calmly left this crumbling prison, the depraved people of Ammonihah ran away from them in fear. Mormon, in retelling the story, describes the cowards as they ran away from Alma and Amulek. He described them as, quote, scared goats fleeing with their young from two lions. That's in Alma 14.29. I love that. A bunch of scared goats. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a great description. And it, it really is an amazing story because we get to see the, the miracle or the power of God to rescue his prophets. And at the same time, we also see that God has a heartbreaking restraint to be able to not interfere and allow those people to be held accountable, make their decisions, and, and be punished then because of the wickedness that they perform. Now, Alma and Amulek departed from Ammonihah. I'm sure they were glad, <laughs> I was going to say, glad to see Ammonihah in their rearview mirror. <laughs> but I realized they weren't driving a car. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have cars back then. <laughs> was Amulek from Ammonihah? He was, right? Yeah, Amulek was from Ammonihah. So that's where him and his family were from. And so he, he could have had family there. I don't know if they may have been part of those who were killed in that, in the burning of those people. That's easily possible. Alma and Amulek left Ammonihah and went to the neighboring city of Sidon. The disciples in Sidon were so thrilled to see these two men. I'm sure they thought that they would never see them again. One of the very first things they announced to Alma and Amulek was that Zeezrom, that deceitful lawyer, was in a nearby city and was dying. Zeezrom was so consumed with guilt because he thought it was his choices that had made all these faithful people die. He didn't want to continue to live. The people told Alma that Zeezrom was on his deathbed. 
totally depressed, deathly ill, running a scorching fever, and was about to pass away. When Alma and Amulek heard this news, they immediately ran to Zeezrom's house. They found him lying sick in bed. I am sure that Zeezrom was so relieved to see these two men because he thought he had been responsible for their deaths. Now they were standing at his doorstep. He called out to them and said, I am so sorry. Can you ever forgive me? And can God ever forgive me for the terrible things I've done in the past? I desperately hope that I can be forgiven before I die. Alma assured Zeezrom that through the atonement of Christ he could be released from his sins. Alma and Amulek then laid their hands on Zeezrom's head and gave him a priesthood blessing. Immediately Zeezrom jumped from his bed, healed from his illness, and freed from the bondage of sin. Yeah, and he had completely changed. Not only physically had he gotten better, but now he was completely cleansed from all his former sinful life. And, That's right. And if anyone understood what he was going through, it would have been Alma the Younger, who had also been through you know, his own incredible change. And he had experienced the desperate feeling of, what have I done with my life and all these horrible things that I've done, and feeling that despair for, that comes from sin, and then also to be cleansed and to feel the incredible joy that comes from knowing that Christ is forgiving you for all those things. Here you have a man who at one point was described as a servant of the devil, a child of hell, <laughs> and all of a sudden to have this person change and to make not a temporary change, but a permanent change for the rest of his life. This was an absolute miracle. Instead of being an expert in the devices of the devil, Zeezrom was now an expert in the teachings of Jesus Christ. So, it's a marvelous story. You know, Andrew, Zeezrom is one of my heroes. I absolutely love Zeezrom. I do too. You know, in a lot of ways, I think we can all probably relate a little bit to how Zeezrom was. I know I personally can relate. We talked about how a person can change, and I know that you can change because I've changed my own life. I've been one way and then repented and through the gospel become a different person. That's what makes the gospel so impactful in our lives. We can change too. We don't have to continue on as we have in the past. We can change. That's the message of the Book of Mormon. You can change. You can be better. What an amazing blessing for you and me. You know, Zeezrom after that never turned back. <laughs> he preached the gospel to his neighbors and his friends. Seven years later, Alma organized a mission, and he was going to reclaim the apostate Zoramites. Who did he invite to go with him? Yep, Zeezrom. That's right, Zeezrom. Alma explained to Zeezrom that he could come along on the mission and be there to testify about the amazing possibility of changes people can make through repentance. Yeah, and this man who was once seeking for nothing but to get rich was now willing to go out on a mission and have no monetary compensation at all. That's right. Over 40 years later, in Helaman chapter 4, verse 41, the next generation of Nephites were encouraged to study the testimony of Alma the Younger and the testimony of Amulek, and yes, also the testimony of Zeezrom. The Book of Mormon is full of examples of men who were enemies to God and then changed their lives. Let's go through just a partial list of those we can name. Alma Sr. 
We don't know exactly how wicked or what he did, but we know that he was one of the priests of King Noah. And he, kind of like Zeezrom, when he heard that Abinadi was going to be put to death, he probably felt a lot of personal guilt. And after his repentance? Yeah, he went on to do great things, and you know he went on to be a great prophet. Okay, Alma the Younger. In Mosiah chapter 27, verse 8, it says, he was, quote, a very wicked and idolatrous man. <laughs> yeah. We know that Alma the Younger went around trying to destroy the church. I mean, he wasn't just like doing personal bad things in his own life. He was going around trying to get other people to do bad things or to leave the church and to, to not believe in God. And then after he changed... He did the exact opposite of that. <laughs> his entire life changed forever. Yeah. What a faithful servant he was. Okay, the four sons of King Mosiah. In Mosiah 28.4, it says they were the very vilest of sinners. Yeah. What happened once they repented? They decided, we're going to go out and actually give up the kingship so yeah. that we can go out and teach people about the gospel. They had devoted their lives to missionary work. Corianton, the son of Alma the Younger. He deserted the mission field and went out and went after the harlot Isabel. That's right. He repented, and then he was called on another mission. So he completely changed and was totally forgiven. You know, these are just glimpses at some of the stories that are in the Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon is a witness to the world of the power of repentance and the life-changing cleansing that can be brought about by the atonement of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast and will join us again next time. And there are not many women mentioned by name in the Book of Mormon, but the following podcast will be about one of these women who is named in the Book of Mormon, a young Lamanite servant girl by the name of Abish. Till next time, enjoy your reading.